The Small Business Show, episode number 65 for Wednesday, May 4th, 2016. And welcome to the Small Business Show at businessshow.co, the business for, by, and about small business owners here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And in Lafayette, California, I'm Shannon Jean. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. It's been, uh, yeah, I've had, uh, I've had a, it's been a productive week and actually day. I know it's only Wednesday, but uh, I've gotten all kinds of stuff done all over the map, but. Um, nice. It makes me hyper when I yeah. know, when I'm productive. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's that uh, flexibility stuff we always talk about. Being able to jump from task to task, that's uh, uh, it, it. It can really energize you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, I and, love it. And I and sort of I guess I, I didn't consciously think of this, but taking my own advice from what we talked about last week, uh, just cramming extra stuff into my day forces me to get all these other things done. So it's actually been really good. So I, I guess I learned from myself by osmosis. Yeah, that's good. You, sure. you say it. You say it enough, and it's like that uh, uh, affirmation type thing, right? Yeah, you get it over time. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. And you know, think talking about this flexibility. One thing I love about the show is that you know we always have this kind of quasi agenda to start, and then we'll have like a thirty second conversation, and go, "Hey, let's talk about that." Yeah, and not it's, and not about everything else I, we said we we're going right. to talk about. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I I think it's great. I think it's uh you know, leaving yourself that wiggle room is uh is is awesome and and it it can energize you like you yeah. to your comment. Yeah, it's yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we decided we were talking about uh I don't know, you know how we started the conversation about uh what to do when you're no longer able to uh, when you're no longer here. You know, yeah. if you're either incapacitated or, you know, something terrible happens to you in a bungee jumping accident. Yeah, the hit by a bus scenario. That's right. Yeah, hit, well, hit, by, hit by bus. Where this started, I think it is important or good, I don't know if it's important, uh, to, to note where it started. We were talking about all the things that we have going on in our lives, not just necessarily business, but, you know, I was saying, man, you know, would my family figure out, like, that's right. How to yeah. how to use my like our internet connection at home? And I've actually tried I've, because I've been conscious of this. Like someday it's possible I can't come home because the bus hit me. You know, and maybe I'm <laughs> right. still alive. I hate to laugh at that. Sorry. No, it, <laughs> yeah. but it's true. You know, maybe I'm still alive, but I'm in a hospital for three weeks because I can't move my legs. Or you know, I mean, like these things can happen, and you don't want to obsess over them, but you sort of need to just. I, the way I look at all this stuff is very matter of factly. It could happen. I'm not going to spend my life obsessing over what's going to go on and, and all these terrible things. But any one of these things could happen. And sure. if it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to sort of begin to mitigate any other impacts of that, well, that's a good thing. And and with the like the network at home, I've tried – my son sort of understands. He would be able to get through it, especially like with help from from other friends of mine. Like he knows enough to fill in the gaps in their knowledge. You, you know what I mean? Re- reboot the router. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. it's more than one router. We have like yeah. four routers at home. That's the problem because we're yeah. a geek. Y- yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, we're similar here. We've got them all right. over the house and power line and outside antennas and yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. It's it's, uh, it's crazy, but you know, and really I should I should do a network diagram of it. Uh but yeah. You know that that day will come or not. I don't know, yeah, but that's know. what we're talking about here. 
Yeah, cont- and kind of like contingency plan, right? Uh, and and we've talked about formal versions of that for your business. You know, like a um, disabilities, uh, you know policies with your insurance to help cover, you know, cash, as well as like key man insurance. If you have a partner that you may need to buy out their spouse or some other uh, situation, but you'd have those are, and those are great for providing uh, much needed capital when something goes wrong, but yeah. the little things. And like when you mentioned that earlier, you know, uh, that how, how that would happen. I, 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 first thing I think is all the you know, stuff you're logging into throughout the day and the services that we use to manage both our, our businesses as well as my, my personal stuff. You know, yeah. we've got all kinds of things that we, that we deal with. And, um, one of the things that we've done with, with my wife who I would, you know, Renee, I would, she would step in and okay, this is, we've got to continue. This is what's going on, uh, you know, and it's, and it's very basic and non techy, but, we each keep a document that's, you know, password protected, however secure that may be. Yep. But we keep all of our, uh, you know, stuff in there in this document, this kind of, uh, you know, archive, if you will, of what to do, you know, or account numbers and maybe not the number, but a login for this or that. And, uh, you know, some passwords and different things if we're not using a password management you know, program right. or, or how to get in the past. I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, I, um, I, I, well, go ahead, finish your story. I'll no, no, no. So we keep this yet. document. Each of us has one and we've, we've kind of synchronized on the naming of it and we know where it is. And each of it, we have the same password. Yep. And from time to time, I will just give her a copy or, I mean, we have backups, you know, you obviously keep time machine backups and everything, but I'm not sure how, uh, uh, fluent she would be in and digging through a time machine backup. Sure. Uh, but she could at least grab my computer and there is this kind of one central repository of, you know, whatever it is from the the tax information of when the certain things are filed and this and this is the contact here. And I just kind of uh uh I, I just kind of keep it updated. Yeah. As as we uh you know as things come up throughout the day uh, or you know anytime and, and it works pretty well for us. Yeah. I, I, and I do the same thing. I have, uh, I store a lot of stuff. In fact, I use one password for the majority of that stuff because you can store what they call secure notes in there, which are exactly what you're talking about. They're basically text files yeah. that you can just put whatever you want in, but they're encrypted with the rest of the vault. You, you know what I mean? Nice. Yep. And um, when we, the first time, or maybe it wasn't the first time, but we went away on a cruise or something and I know Lisa would, would be able to get into this vault, but I started thinking, man, you know, what happens if something happens to both of us? Oh, yeah. And, right. You know, and so I thought, well, here's what I'm going to do. And I, uh, I, I uploaded a copy of that vault to our server. Now, there's only like three people on the planet that can even get into the server. And it's, and it's an encrypted vault, right? Sure. Okay. And then for Adam Christensen, who, who works for us and who I trust implicitly, but it wouldn't necessarily just give him all this information – I left that password for him, not I, not in an obvious way that it's the password, but in an obvious enough way that I know if he were digging around and realized, oh, wait, here's Dave's one password vault. It, you know, it would be on his mind. And within yeah. a, within a few days, he would have found where that password was and he would know what it was. If he nice. stumbled across it any other time, he, he, w- he wouldn't have found the vault. 
any other time, right? Because it was in my home folder and there's no reason for him to look there. But, sure. But the password was sort of somewhere else that he would stumble on it and may have already stumbled on it, but just doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, right, right. That that's what it is. And it was like, yeah, I, I don't necessarily need to give him all this, but if something were to happen, I'm just going to leave these little breadcrumbs behind. He's smart enough. He'll figure it out, you know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a good way. And and those are, you know, and I think those in, informal you know, that informal stuff is really important. And often, you know, we get so busy in a day to day that you, you need to leave those for someone, whether it's your, you know, if you work with your spouse your, or your partner, or if it's, uh, you know, a, a key person in your organization, you, you, you need to give them some of the keys to the kingdom yeah. to, to keep things going. And, and hopefully you have someone that you trust. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't, that's an entirely different show that we would have to talk about uh, trust issues. But, yeah. you know, by the time you have a bunch of stuff that you need to be worried about like this, you want to be sure that you've surrounded yourself. And maybe it's your attorney, you know, if you're worried yeah. about giving up stuff, but somewhere that you can uh, have a, a repository of that. Cause it really, you may not be around to deal with the headaches. Um, but uh, you certainly the people that you care about are, yeah, uh, and, and you want to deal with that. Yeah. And it's going to be a rough time for them anyway. I, yeah. You know, it's like, yep. let's, yep. let's not make them reinvent too much of the wheel here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had, uh, you know, a, a tragic event, you know, I guess maybe five or six years ago with one of my, uh, companies and a partner that I had, I and that. I can remember, yeah, flying out to the, to the funeral and then going back with his wife uh, to their building and looking at everything and just looking around going, Oh wow. And you know, he was running his own company, um, you know, with his wife as well that I didn't, I wasn't involved in at all, but similar to your comment about the bread comes, you know, I jumped in and he kept everything in FileMaker, and I was actually, you know, able to kind of see those breadcrumbs and go and find, Oh, look, here's where this is. And, 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 and he had left enough information, you know, around to where, uh, Paula, his wife, was able to really just, you know, hit the ground running and kind of pick up and and uh, continue relationships that they had, yeah. that he had, and all these kinds of things. And uh, it's critically, critically important, uh, even if you just do it, uh, uh, you know, on an informal basis. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you got to have, right. There, there needs to be something. And, uh, and it, you know, it's not a bad idea to have that stuff for yourself either, because, sure, uh, you know. <laughs> I refer to it almost daily. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, especially as time goes on. I guess yes. I, I, I don't blame that on anything other than there's just more information. And so we that's need correct. to store it somewhere. It has nothing to do with age or anything like that, no. Shannon. No, and I, I, no, no, no. You're absolutely no, no. right. And, and I, <laughs> yes. And I also have this, and, and I don't know where I read it or heard it or learned it, but, you know, one of the things that's important for me that keep is to keep as much uh, minutiae out of my head as possible. So where I don't have to keep thinking about it. So if, you know, it, I mean, it's just an old concept. It's like having a to-do list, you know, once you put it on your list, okay, I can forget, forget about this for a while and focus on this other stuff. Uh, and that using this, this file, this encrypted file that we have is, uh, is same thing. You know, I don't need to know how to log into the Bureau of Equalization, you know, when I need to do it, uh, once yeah, a month, but right. I know where to go get that data with our, you know, all this kind of stuff that you have. So mm-hmm. it works out good. It's good. Good stuff. Yeah. So, so, so go, go ahead. No, it, it you know, it, it, and I, we've talked about this in other, other episodes, but it is good, you know, um, to make sure you cover all the bases, not just the, the, the formal stuff is important too, right? The, I don't want to, um, we've glossed over it only because we've covered it before, but you know, the key man insurance and, and that kind of thing. 
it, it you should talk to your accountant or your attorney or both of them, uh, you know, about this. Yeah. And, and the informal stuff, you probably want to start like on, you know, day one when you're signing up for accounts and here's my employee identification number when you get that and my reseller number, all those kinds of things. But, you know, then once you've had some success and you start moving forward, you want to, you know, right. definitely formalize those, uh, those things. That's a good point. Yeah. They, we talked about them in reverse order. The, the informal yeah. stuff is what happens first. No, you're, yeah. you're totally right. Yeah. 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 And we'd love to hear how you do it. You know, what works for you? Uh, what, what have you, you know, what's your fallback plan? Uh, you know, and, and you reach us at feedback at businessshow.co and, uh, you know, tell us your story. And if it's, you know, something that's interesting or you have a question, we'd be glad to share it on the show or maybe even have you on the show and, uh, we could do that and, uh, talk to you for a while. Sounds good. Be to me. great. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Cool. So, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm reading this new book, Dave. You know, I'm a, a big, you know, book hound. I love reading, you know, business books or whatever it is all yep. the time. And, um, and I, I've been, I've been following, uh, Scott Adams, the okay. uh, creator Dilbert. D- Dilbert uh, guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The Dilbert yeah, yeah. guy. But I follow his blog cause I find it fascinating. He, and you know, in this whole political cycle, he's been commenting not so much on, uh, left, right, you know, what he believes or anything, but more on the process and, um, how one side may be persuade more persuasive than another. And it's been fascinating. And, and so he, he wrote a, a recent book that he's written. He's written more than one. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I read a bunch of his books years ago and, and, uh, but I haven't read any of his stuff in a long time. Huh. Yeah. And, and the title of the book really grabbed me. It's like, you know, how to fail at almost everything and still win big. And, you know, we talk about failure here all the time and, you know, how it leads to so many different opportunities and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I picked it up and, I, and I'm only, you know, I don't know, maybe a third of the way through it, but it reminds me, um, I've mentioned it here before, a, a book called Rework and uh, the author alludes me at the moment, but we'll put it in the show notes. Um, it reminds me a lot of that because it's a, a different take on really on uh, entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, Scott is a serial entrepreneur. He's failed at a ton of different things, tried a bunch of different things, you know, uh, he's kind of an accidental cartoonist, if you will. And, uh, he shares a lot of those things. And one of the things that I thought I'd love to get your feedback on is he, he makes a statement is that goals are for losers. And I was, I was like, wow, that's Whoa. powerful. That and is like, powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. Okay. What's, what's the story behind that? So, you know, I, I, and I just read, got through that, the, the chapter last night about how he talks about this and his, his, this concept that he really uh, promotes is that, you know, goals are often, you often find yourself in a constant state of failure with a goal where you okay, never exactly get there. Yeah. You either, you're either you know, down on yourself all the time because you're not at, you're not reaching your goal or you just fail at the goal, you know? And so on the flip side, he really promotes the use of a system instead of a goal. And and what he means by that in in, in like for analogy, you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, well, that's a goal. And that's often, you know, easy to miss. Uh, But a system is, Hey, I'm going to just, I'm going to exercise every day. And, or I'm not going to eat this kind of food. And he, you know, he uses a bunch of different examples of folks that are very successful that rely on systems instead of goals. And is what he's done. And it really hit home with me because I am not one of those people that, you know, sits down with this big plan 
of, you know, Hey, this is what I'm going to achieve. And I'm going to build this, you know, very detailed, uh, process of how I'm going to get there. It it just doesn't work like that for me. No, Um, no, that's, that's it. Well, my guess is you don't do that because you know, that's not how life works. Yeah, I guess so. And, <laughs> I mean, and it, certainly, it certainly doesn't work that way for me. Well, that's, that's you know, what I mean. For uh, you. And I, yeah. I, I I should have said for you. It doesn't work that way for me either. For, perhaps for some people it does. But yeah, some I people it know. doesn't. Yeah, Maybe and not. Pretty, yeah. It, it, right. And, and in the book, Scott uses some examples of how when, you know, there's lots of, there are, there's a, a significant amount of the population, obviously, that uses these, you know, goals and achieves them. And when those folks are successful at that goal, you know, like an Olympic athlete or something, you know, w- they're celebrated. And we're, we look at that as like, oh, look, they set that goal and they achieved it and everything. He's like, but that actually happens far less than, than, uh, we're kind of told to believe. And, you know, so the premise, you know, of developing huh. this system that you kind of use every day, uh, it, it, I mean, it, I guess you could kind of look at it as maybe, maybe these are mini goals or something like that, but, you know, building a process that works for you, like he says, Hey, you know, and, and we've, we've talked about this in different ways, but both of us have lived our life like, Hey, you know, yes, we, we want to be successful uh, financially on some level, of course, of course, but you don't start out saying, Hey, my goal is I want to be a millionaire. No. no, you know, m- what I'm going to do is, is develop a system to become a serial entrepreneur that ultimately we want to lead to that. But the, uh, by having a system in place, you have lots of mini successes, you know, some failures along the way, but the main point is you're, you're, you're continually developing the system over time and, and you kind of build this foundation and that leads to your ultimate success rather than this thing out there where I hear it all the time. People are like, Oh, you know, I got to figure out a way to do this and make a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is, you know, $50,000. And and we comment here, Hey, figure out something that you can make 500 bucks, That's you know, or a hundred bucks. Yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah. That's it. And, yeah. and if you can make a hundred, well then you can tweak it and figure out how to make a thousand. And once you make a thousand bucks, then you can go a little further. And, and that's a system. And, you know, you may not be thinking of this goal. Uh, well, like I don't think of it like that because it's just too far out. It's too kind of generic and, and, uh, and when I read this, you know, this chapter, I was like, wow, man, I've been doing this forever. And I think it's the first time I've really read where someone has put it in uh, uh, words in such a way that really grabbed me. And, and I, I highly recommend it. And I, I'm, there's a few other things I really like, and I'll probably probably be, you know, dipping in and out of uh, uh, the book here over the next you know, few weeks. And we can talk about a few other things that are, that are pretty interesting. Well, yeah, you know, when I said you don't set goals because that doesn't work, and then we added for you, um, and I and I I, I still feel like if we weren't so worried about offending people, we'd take out the for you. Um, Well, (laughs) no, I I don't, I don't, but no, I I mean, you, you know, I the 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 system that you describe that that's the reason that big goals don't work because. You know, you found that you have to continually tweak whatever it is you're doing to to maximize the value out of it. Now, the value might be dollars. The value might be time versus whatever, whatever it is, you know, that that's important to you. You're going to keep modifying whatever it is you're doing. There's never an end to that. 
right? And yeah, and that's and, right. And, and but th- along the way, there are some successes, and you might hit that number where you're like, "Hey, look, this year with my business, you know, I made twenty grand, and then the next year, wow, I made a hundred grand. Okay, right. right? You know, there's those things along the way, but they don't happen because you said I'm going to make a hundred grand. They happen because you said I'm going to tweak this. And, and, and I'm just going to figure out the next thing to do tomorrow. And I'm going to tweak that too. It it works better because it's how it gets more realistic. Well, and like I had a a friend in in high school uh, and I can remember his dad was an engineer and really just super smart guy, nice guy. And he would always talk with us and, you know, basically tell us we didn't know anything, which at the time was true, but we didn't. Of course, you, you, didn't, him. <laughs> you didn't know enough to know that that was true. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I can remember him saying, you know, uh, he said, wow, you know, I, I set a goal when I was in college that I was going to make a million dollars. And I don't, I don't know how old he was, but sure. he came back one time. We were sitting there barbecuing at my buddy's house and, and my friend says, dad, you know, did you reach that goal? And he says, he said, I did. And I realized I made a terrible mistake. And I'm like, wow, well, what was the mistake? He says, well, I. I should have said it much higher. Yeah. And, you know, Scott Adams, you know, his premise is like, well, you, you achieve your goal, you celebrate it, you feel great, but then you've lost the thing that gave you purpose and direction. So you either have to, you can enjoy it, of course, but then, you know, and then you can set some new goals, but then you're in this constant struggle again. But if rather you develop a system over time, well, you're going to blow right past that if, you know, we're talking about financial stuff right now, but sure. you just along the way you, you're perfecting over your lifetime, a system, whether it's for your personal happiness, relationships, whatever, uh, you know, financial, your business, whatever your measure of success is. And you keep refining that over time, not beating yourself up because you didn't make some specific goal, Yeah, but you know, and, uh, I, I think it's really a powerful, um, you know, you, you if, if you're a system person, and I'm quoting right from the book, you, you succeed every time you put that you, system in place. You, you, that's what you intended to do. Who knows how successful it's going to be? Right. And, and you keep tweaking that system. And, and I think, wow, man, that's, that's just a great uh, concept. I mean, it's almost like permission yeah. to, to, to really look at it from a different perspective and not beat yourself up because, oh, I set a goal by the end of the year that I was going to do X or hire five employees or move to a bigger space. You know, it, it, they're, they're a little more open-ended. Um, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Hey, I have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever set a financial goal for your business? Nope. Me neither. No, because it, it's yeah. always up it's, and it's always up and down. I know. And, well, there's you know, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You well, can't no, control just, it. I, I was just know. curious it, because it's, it's easy to say all this stuff, but I, I wanted to show, Never. I think I didn't know the answer to the question that I asked you. Um, I, I thought I did. And, and it turns out I was right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, I just was curious. It, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, you know, we've always tried to create, I mean, the, I mean, I'll, I'll be really honest here. The main reason I started my first company is because I never wanted to go on a job interview, you know, and, and I really was like, I'm not, how am I going to go talk and this? I don't want to go do this. Maybe I could just do something on my own. You know? and, <laughs> Little and did so, you know, one of these right. things was much easier than the other. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. So, you know, when I think about that and then uh, I was just down, I was doing a, uh, some consulting for a, a company down in the South Bay and, and. I, I spent the whole time talking about culture and they were asking me questions about what's your rubric, what's a measure of success. And I kept coming back to, well, you know, once I started my first company, 
I just really wanted to create a, a great place to work for myself. And, and over time, that just kind of uh, by osmosis, you know, to use your term, it goes out to the rest of the employees that you eventually hire to create a great place to work for them as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that's the system that I put in place over time. And we've had awesome years and we've had horrible years, you know, and it's up and down. But over time, I, I often have to remind myself because I do get stuck in that, wow, you know, we're not, it's not working at this particular moment. So I'm beating myself up, but I always have to remind myself, you know, we've employed hundreds of people. We've done all these kinds of things, little bits of success, uh, that you have to kind of keep in your pocket and pull out when you're struggling over some, you know, aspect yeah. or, your, you know, wh- whatever you do can boost your energy level back up to say, wow, look at this. We've already had all these successes. We just have to power through and now we'll have maybe some different kinds of successes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the only goal, it, now that I'm thinking about it, the only goal I've ever set for myself, and I, I really believe this is the only one, but it's definitely a goal that I've set for myself, so, I, so I'm guilty okay. of this. Yeah, uh, I set a goal when I was in college to wake up laughing every day. That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I know. Good. Yeah, and, and you know what? It doesn't happen every day. Yeah. But there are some days, and the, here's the funniest part. The first day that I woke up laughing was not... Too much longer after I set this goal, maybe, I don't know, six months, I was playing in a, a band, an original band in college. We were a five-piece band. You know, we yeah. we actually had some good success on the campus, right? I mean, we right. we would play gigs. Uh, I think the biggest gig we played was for about 5,000 people. Um, but we played a lot of gigs that were just for us for 1,000 people to come and, and hear us play our songs, which was pretty cool, right? But the first day I woke up laughing, we were hired to play on the campus of... I don't remember. I think it was Boston College. It was some. some oh no, no, no! It was uh, Northeastern University. No, but it was you know some some university. Uh, we were in Connecticut, but it was in Massachusetts. And I remember we were going to get. We had to p- play at lunchtime for one hour, and we were going to get paid eight hundred bucks. It's a lot of money. And, oh yeah! It was like whoa! Yeah. Look at that! Look, yeah, that's cool. We've, <laughs> we've made it. You know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was um, that was awesome. that was the first. Yeah, yeah. So that is the one goal that I've set, and I, you I, know, and I, I have I'm to still say, okay with it. Yeah, I would argue that that's really the goal is to lead a charmed life, which you've said you do. Yeah, and a system you put in place when you were back in college was to wake up mm. laughing or with a smile on your face every day. Yeah. Yeah, happy about and, what I was and, about to go do. Yeah, yeah you got it. That, yeah. That, and of course, it's not going to happen every day. But uh, no. you know, for the most part. And <laughs> no, I, and I, don't, some, I think if yeah. it did, it would only be because I had medicated myself to the point where that's you know all I knew. I, I mean, I think yeah, you, need, yeah, yeah. you need the balance to to, of to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. No, that's awesome, though. I <laughs> yeah. love it. That's great. <laughs> Um, you know, along those lines, one of my life philosophies, I have a quick story to tell here and and then we actually have a comment from last week that we want to play, but, um, I, I always say in, in this show, it never hurts to ask, right? You're definitely not going to get something if you don't ask for it. I I mean, sometimes you do sometimes out of the goodness of someone's heart, they, they do something for you, but you know, it, it really, it, you have to ask and my favorite story, my favorite recent story about this was I, you know, I broke my wrist in the, in the fall. I think we talked about that. That's right. Yep. yep. And I went to the, uh, my, uh, doctor and, and there, there's, I have these like weird lumps on my arm. They're not cancerous. You don't have to worry folks. Um, but they're, they're these little lipomas, whatever they are. I've got them all over the place. And I had one on my arm that 
killed when they put this cast on me the first time because it just it crushed this thing and you know they they didn't deal with it right. So Ouch. when they yeah it sucked yeah. So when they went to put the second cast on, I said, "Can we do something about the you know? Can you like build it so that it's not totally you know crushing this this lipoma?" And they're like, "Well, you know, casts are compression instruments too." And I, yeah, they said, "But if you want, you know, downstairs is the rehab clinic. You can go down there and get a uh, like a custom splint." And and I'm like, would a splint be enough? They're like, yeah, at this stage of your recovery, yeah, you know, okay. So I went downstairs and I asked him. I said, uh, you know, I I pay for my own health care. I mean, we we have a high deductible policy, so we're, sure, you know, we're, we're covered, but not really for that kind of stuff. It, I knew it was all going to come out of my pocket, and so I said, what you know, what's this going to cost? And the woman at the desk, of, of course, because the way our healthcare system works in the U.S., didn't know the answer. And, <laughs> That's and, right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't walk into an auto mechanic, and you and I can't have people walk into our business. And no way. We'll say we'll tell yeah. you in a month what the service you got today cost. No, but but there, that's how it works. So I said, she said, but I know these custom splints are really expensive. And I said, okay, well, I mean, I can walk across the street to Walgreens and get a splint for like 30 bucks. Yep. So, but it's not going to protect me quite the way I want to be protected. And I've talked about that with my doctor. So I'm willing to pay a little bit extra. I said, are we talking like 10 times that? Like, is it going to be $300? And she's like, yeah, it could be. And I said, all yeah. right, that's worth it to me. Fine. So I go in, I get the splint, you know, and it, it was great. And then I get the bill. Uh, and and this little clinic was part of a hospital. So I get the bill from the hospital. $1,600 for the splint. Nice. Yeah. And and it was one of these things. It was like, okay, wait a minute. So I called the clinic. They're like, well, yeah, that's that's what that costs. Like, but you didn't tell me. Like, if they had told me 16 I would have said, I'll go you to Walgreens. You That's correct. You, yeah. you know, like, come on. You, you know. Of course. Yeah. And that's why I asked the question. They're like, well, you'll have to call the billing department at the hospital. So I called the billing department at the hospital. These people are not empowered to do anything. So it's a very frustrating conversation for both sides, right? They right. they can just tell me you have to pay and I'll say, but I'm not going to pay. And and they can't, they could, they could feel compassion for you. It's irrelevant. They, they, they don't have the authority to, to make any changes. They're like, well, sure. we can spread it out over 12 months. Well, you can yeah. spread it out as long as you want. I mean, you're never going to yeah. get $1,600 for this particular splint. You can have the thing back if you want, you know? Right. And, uh, and so I realized that this was going to be a frustrating conversation. I thanked them for their time and I hung up and I called the CFO of the hospital. Uh, so there's two lessons here. Never hurts to ask. And it's a lot. I knew there was someone in between the person in the billing department who had no authority and the CFO who presumably has ultimate authority. I know there's someone in between there that can make a decision. Now, I have two choices. I can either ask their underling to escalate this upwards through the chain or I can go to their boss, the CFO, and have them. It escalates the wrong word, but pass it down through the chain. Now, if you're someone in the middle and you get two emails, one from someone that works for you and one from your boss, which one are you going to address correct, first? Correct. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's much easier to go to the top and also, hey, here's something that will seem obvious when you hear it. People at the top know how to delegate better than people at the bottom. Yeah. Yep. So that when I called the CFO, he actually took this on his own, but I just figured he would delegate it down. He's like, I, I don't have time for this. And so I'm just going to pass it down. He took it on his own. He researched it and it was 300 bucks and we were done. Uh, how, how, and how did you break through? Was there, was there any barriers to getting to him? Um, well, uh, yeah, I, okay. you know, he, I, I, I knew his name because it's in yeah. the kind of the filings of the local sure. hospital. So I just called yeah. and, and asked and I got his assistant. At his I office. And I just left a couple of messages with his assistant 
and said, yeah, it's Dave Hamilton. I need to talk. I didn't tell him why I was calling. Sure. I mean, of course. Not. Yeah, that's smart. Well, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. Uh, you know, you need to uh, get through the, to the uh, the person that you you're going to get them to listen to you first. Yeah. yeah. Pass the gatekeeper. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew once I got this guy on the phone, I'd, I'd have a decent chance at, at pleading my case in a way that I thought would be heard. And and as it turns out, it was. But yeah, he wound up, you know, I left him two or three voicemails and I said, yeah, it's Dave Hamilton calling again. I've been trying to get in touch with him. And uh and and then I, finally his assistant passed the message along and he called and I said, thanks for calling. I, I got to fess up. Here's what I'm calling about, you know. Yeah. And and one, once I got him on the phone and was, it was just 100 percent honesty, you know, at that That's point, cool. I, I, I obscured. I, I didn't uh, mislead any. Well, I, I didn't tell anyone an untruth. I may have misled someone by simply not sharing why I was calling, but it got to that uh, point. And then it was, yeah. You know, and then it was like, OK, man, here's why I got you. I'm sorry to, if you know, if you're the wrong guy. But there's no one else that I can call at your hospital that that at least not obviously has the power. Yeah, yeah, to pass the power. And he's like, no, I get it. I, you're totally right. Those people that you can call have no authority. And it sounds like you've got a, a legitimate situation here. And I said, I think nice. so. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and it's a great lesson. Well, it's two things, you know, that the, they're billing 1600 bucks because if they know it goes to insurance company, they're going to pay them 300, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. When it goes to the guys, you know, that pay cash, you get kind of run through the ringer there. Mm-hmm. So you have to speak up. And, and I agree with you, you know, asking, you know, you, you're not going to be any worse off when you, by not, you know, by no. not doing anything, you're going to be exactly in the place They're, you want to yeah, be. They weren't going to uh, raise the bill above 16 just because I called the CFO. Yeah, that guy really made me mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bill of 32. Screw yeah. 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 It's yeah. not going to happen. That's cool. Yeah. Right on. So, awesome. Never hurts to ask. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. And then finally, last week we talked about uh, my crazy idea, which I'm still pursuing uh, to become uh, an es- expert witness. And we had a listener uh, call in, uh, even though we don't have a call-in number, but he'll explain that, and we will solve this problem. So, Scott, take it away. Well, I'm about to get caught right here at the beginning, Dave, because this technically is not for the Mac Geek Gap. You didn't give a telephone number at the end of the business, the Small Business Show podcast, because I would have called that immediately. But I wanted to get a voice message to you uh, while I'm thinking about it after listening to the show, and I'm driving around. So you got this one. In short, if you want to be an expert witness, you've got to be prepared not only for the arguments but to keep your cool, and you've got to be um, open and willing and able to answer questions no matter how dumb and dull they are. Yes, I have been an expert witness. I stopped doing that a couple of years ago, uh, mainly because I just – I just got tired of it. The, it. There's a lot of, you may think it sounds cool and you may look, look good on the, um, on the television, but in actuality, and, and there's good money in, in it too, but in actuality, there's a lot of problems also uh, in dealing with just the general stupidity of many of the lawyers and the judges <laughs> and, and things like that. And we're not talking about trying to explain uh, tech to tech basics to, to the uninformed. You're basically teaching children using adult language. I witnessed not only in courts, in congressional hearings. I made a little bit of money for a while uh, 
talking with agency heads and preparing them for testimonies. Uh, there's a lot more to it than just meets the eye. If you want to talk about it, you could, you know, we could talk. Uh, if you want to give me a call. And we'll stop it there. But thank you awesome. so much, Scott. Yeah, this is, I, I mean, I love it when we get stuff like this. I, really appreciate Scott's persistence. He found he's a listener to another podcast I do called Matt Keecab. And, uh, and so obviously he, he left the voicemail there, which, which I got. Um, but, uh, but thank you so much for, for this. And that adds some color and context to, to where, um, to where I think I'm going with this. And I, 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 I was, I, None of this surprises me. It's great to hear it. Yeah. But, you, you know, know you're going to be dealing with general stupidity. That's yeah. my favorite line. I love that. Yeah, That's general great. stupidity. <laughs> you're teaching children using the language of adults. I love it. <laughs> That's really good. Like, I couldn't yeah. not play the comment. We needed to get that out there. So thank yeah, you, Scott. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Very cool. Very good. Well, good that's, deal, man. Um, that's all I have for today. You got Me anything too. else? Okay. No, I've, uh, you know, we've got some stuff we bumped to next week. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this consulting gig that we've uh, mentioned before. Talk about some Facebook, and hopefully by uh, then we're going to have a voicemail or a text line up and running for you. And uh, maybe even talk about some T-shirts. Oh, sounds like a plan, man. Yeah. All right, folks, you can, uh, as Shannon mentioned earlier in the show, feedback at businessshow.co. Next week, we will have a number that you can not only call and leave voicemails like Scott did, but you will also be able to text us. So more on that as we uh, as we progress through our process here. Hope you have a good week. Hope uh, hope business goes well. Have a good one, Shannon. Yeah, you too, Dave. Take it easy, everybody. 